Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Lech Lecha, Tavshin Peidalid, and uh, really the steer started 15 years ago, Parshas Lech Lecha. So really this is the 16th, uh, the beginning of the 16th cycle, uh, but but really it's uh, started with uh, Barashas two weeks ago, but either way, uh, let's get into the stories of the Avos. The stories of the Avos as we uh, start the first Jew. Those who are here uh, Shabbos will have a shir inyanim of uh, Avram Avinu. But uh, I'd like to bring you back to something we discussed more than a decade ago. It's a thought of the Sladimer Rebbe in source number one that you have. And it's uh, <laughs> based on the first Pasuk in the Parsha. The first phrase, the first sentence that a Kaddish Baruch Hu says to a Jew explicitly in the Torah. V'yom Hashem al-Avraham... Hashem says to Avraham, Lech Lecha to go. We've pointed out that the first conversation that Hashem has with Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Yoshua, the first conversation has the same content. The content is Eretz Yisrael. The first conversation he has with each of those figures, again, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Yoshua, all of them, the first message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels the need to give them is something related to the land of Israel. And that's what happens here. By Yom Hashem al-Avraham, Lech Lecha, Me'artzacha, so the Nesiva Shalom talks about Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. What exactly does that mean? Again, there are other questions along the way, but let us see from the words of the Arizal, line 24. The Yesh Lomar. <coughs> he discusses the Medrash also, just by the way, which we're not going to get into that part of it now. He discusses the, the two Lech Lechas. Lech Lecha of the beginning of the parasha and the lech lecha next week of the Akedah and the measures contrast which one is more definitional and so to speak qualitatively higher. Um, again, we're not going to get to that uh, aspect of his words, but let's see what the Arizal says. In the history of the world, how many people have there been? We can't even imagine. Can you even imagine how many people there have been since Adam Arishon? Not one, they haven't been two alike. Not one person shares exactly the same tafkid, the same power, the same talents, the same chesronos as another. We try to think of it as, we can think in one city, and then in one uh, continent, in, one, in the whole world today. But it's not just the whole world today. It's the whole world in the history of the world. There's never been two people that were alike. And every single person has a certain tikkun, a certain job, a certain goal that they have to, um, they can't be replaced. Each person, we have to recognize that we each have a tachlis that nobody else could fulfill. I've quoted in the past, Rabbi, Rabbi Abraham, Abraham Torsky used to say that, you know, I've written 70 whatever books, 71 books, but I've written one book, but it's 71 different ways. Right, sometimes I, I spoke through the Parsha and sometimes through Pirkei Avos and sometimes through psychology. It's all about recognizing your self-worth and self, you know, self-esteem and knowing that you have a purpose to fulfill. It says the Arizal, every single one of us in the history of the world, the purpose that we were put onto this earth, Hashem gives us the situations in which we can then succeed in our mission. We just don't, don't know what our mission is. 
We, thought, we might think our mission is A, but then Hashem puts the world upside down, and all of a sudden we seem to have a different mission. Because the mission that I thought I had to fulfill has become, you know, not on the table. All, everything that is not totally on me. All the things that are totally badas acherim, that I don't have control over. They were given to me so that I could fulfill my mission and my tafkid. And if anything was different, if I had different color eyes, if I had a different family, if I had different talents, I wouldn't be able to do it. Hashem gave me exactly what I need to fulfill. And since each person has their own unique job, we look around and you know, the, uh, the, the natural feelings of jealousy or wishing this or wishing that. I wish my family was this. I wish my parnasa was this. We look around. But you know what? That's not my, that's not what Hashem wants me to, it's not my challenge. Hashem gives me certain challenges and certain, you know, conditions. Certain conditions. We don't know why some people, so to speak, have an easier life than others. Why is this person sick and this person healthy and this person rich and this person tries everything and they can't make it? There's so many different elements and, and situations. And it appears nothing to do with, with the people themselves. You can have certain parents who raise their kids the same way, and, and one has certain level of nachas from their kids, and another has a different level of nachas from their kids. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it all planned out. We're all different. Skipping a line. Even the challenges and the challenging times were given to us so that we could reach our goal. Right, as Yirmiyo says in Eicha, It's all good for Makadosh Baruch It's all good. And surely when it comes to Ruchnius as well. And that's what Avram is telling Avraham, but he's telling all of us. Lech lecha. Go. Go in life for you, down your specific path, in your specific uh, lane. Right? Imagine, imagine, you know, we're all in different lanes like a marathon. We're all, we have to stay in our lane. To stay in our, in our, uh, you know, in our um, traffic pattern. You try to cut somebody off, it's, there's going to be an accident. Right? You have to stay in your lane and go. And there might be some bumps in your lane. Okay, you look at the next lane. It seems to be, why is there a pothole only in my lane? Right, okay, that's, there's a pothole. Nothing you can do about it. You can't jump, you can't jump to the other lane. Right, there's no switching lanes. Right, in our Kaddish Baruch Hu's world. There's no, I, I'm gonna signal now. I'm, no, there's no switching. Kaddish Baruch Hu decided this is the best lane for me. Who's in the outer lane? Who's in the inner lane? Right, it's all from my Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's what he says in the next column on line 10. Sometimes we can reach the level that it's, it's so hard. We have so many questions, so many challenges, challenges that we can't even fathom 
that a human being has to go through, especially challenges that might add that were caused by other human beings or that call themselves human beings. Somehow, in some deeper way, as we've spoken about so often in many different contexts, Kodesh Baruch is in charge. And he's the one that's bringing the world to its destiny. And each of us are, are there for the ride and holding on. Vizel Pirish in the next paragraph. Lech lecha me'artzacha umelatcha me'savicha lech lecha. Go to your yi'ud. Go to your tachlis. El tikin nishmascha. Ma'asha tatzorach letakin ba'olam hazeh. And we have to recognize that. Any quotes from the Torah Sa'avos, I think the Ramban also says this. Kigamim Yehudi ba'olam hazeh lo minumis palel. We could be sitting and learning and davening and doing chesed. But that's not the only thing that Baruch wants from us. He wants us to fulfill fulfill our personal tafkid. We're not all generic, universal. What do you do? I learned Torah, I did mitzvahs. So we have to do all that. But there's also something special just for us. And we all have to find it. And it, there could be different stages of our life. We have different areas that we could all, we could excel in. But that's lech lecha. Go find your path. And I would add, this isn't only on a, on a personal, individual level. I would say every generation of Jews. I think Rabbi Levi Yitzchak once said, with Kedushas uh, Levi, or the Normal Melech, one of those two, I don't remember which one. Every generation has their mitzvah, that they're there to be misakein, that they're there to bring, you know, to its ultimate fulfillment. The gener- we don't know what mitzvah each generation has. We, could try, we try to do all the mitzvahs. But a generation of, uh, that has, that's experiences Yisurin has one. A, a generation that experiences affluence might have another. Different stages of every generation. So Kodesh Baruch Hu has, has plans and, and is looking for the Avodah Hashem of what's going to be. As we just experienced the national tragedy, which continues. Kodesh Baruch Hu is looking. What's the Yiud of Am Yisrael right now? Right, part of it obviously is coming together, which we're doing. But we have to recognize that personally and nationally, we all have a tafkid, and that's what we have to know from the first phrase in this week's parsha that's said to the first Jew. And just turning the page, uh, the Nesiva Shalom says. Then again, the Nesiva Shalom lived, and he gave drushes after after the Shoah. He knows what tragedy means. He says in the middle of the second page, It's not just lecha, but lech. Go, go. Don't just don't be uh, lean uh, lean back and wait for something to to, to drop in your lap. Go, try to accomplish more and take upon um, uh, ourselves more uh, more achrayas and more responsibility and more projects. All again within the world of reality, but that's all. We have to go and go and go. In all of our in all of our thinking, right? It's not. There'll be time for menucha, but right now it's not time for menucha. Right now it's time for action. It's time for you know accomplishing, and that's what excuse me we have to try to do uh, in life. And again, there's different types of accomplishments at different stages of life. When somebody's 20, when somebody's 50, and when somebody's 85. 
there are different expectations of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has from us. But we have to know at every stage there's something to do. There's something to do. Okay, we all have to look inside. Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. Remember uh, last week we spoke about the bull. We spoke about the bays and the vav and the... And the lamed, beige, you have to look inside of us, vav, and then add on to it, and lamed, look at the yud, look at the, uh, the goal that we're looking towards. That's the, uh, the message of the first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter of the, of the Torah. Okay. Okay, we continue. So, lech lecha me'artzacha. So, many mefarshim pick up on the three concepts that Avram Avinu has to leave from. Lech lecha, that's going. Me'artzacha. Leave your land, and your birthplace, and from your father's house. The order also is pointed out by some, from your land, from your birthplace, maybe your birthplace first, and then from your land. If you look in the, uh, the Sefer L'Sitcha Elyon, a contemporary Likud, he quotes here, quotes here from the Minchas Yehuda, from Obleib Chasvin. Right? You're going to leave, first you leave your house, let's say you're leaving your life. First you go out of your house, then you go out of your neighborhood, and eventually you get to the gvul of the land, and then you, and then you go out of the land. But here first it says, You don't leave your house before you leave your neighborhood, right? You leave your house first, and then you get to the border of your neighborhood, v'cholu. So he quotes, the Torah is teaching us a message of growth, and how we're supposed to grow. How we're supposed to overcome challenges, how we're supposed to grow. We can't jump steps. Can't jump steps. We mentioned in the past the Arachayim HaKadosh, the first Pasuk in Bukhukosai, has 42 Pshatim on the first Pasuk in Bukhukosai. So there he says, one shot is in Bechukosei, Telechu, first you gotta do what you have to do. But it's supposed to Shmaru, Shmira is extra. Step by step. And he quotes there the Mishnah in Pirkei Velo Am Haaretz Chasid. Not just an Am Haaretz, an ignoramus, can't be a Chasid, but shouldn't be a Chasid. We have to go step by step in Avodah Hashem. Step by step. Some of the Bali Musa, remember I heard this from Rav Shachter numerous times. Sometimes, you know, you wanna wear a tie. It's beautiful to wear a tie. I guess in Chutzlar, it's beautiful to wear a tie. But what if you're wearing a tie wearing pajamas? You're wearing pajamas with a tie. It kind of looks funny. If you're wearing a suit with a tie, that looks appropriate. But you can't jump to, to something if... So says the uh, here, the um, in the Sefer L'Sitzcha Elyon, he says, first we have to do Sir Meira. And then I say to him, Adam Osemaisim Tovim, the Yachanim Zos Humamshik Vadrachav Araim, if we're trying to jump in while we haven't rid ourselves of certain negative behavior, ain't but that to Ellis. It's not going to help. It's like a beautiful fruit that's surrounded by thorns. It's going to get cut by the, by the thorns. It has to be step by step. If you're going up a ladder and you try to jump a couple of rungs, it's not going to be good. So Kodesh Baruch Hu tells us, again, Avram Avinu, the first Jew. Avram Avinu, which remember the Ramban says on this week's Parsha, Avram Avinu, 
his actions, according to Chazal, Maisa Avos Simin Labanim, the Ramban's law shown even stronger, Maisa Avos Yitzira Labanim. Right? The Avos doing something creates the future. Avram Avinu's Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael creates the Kenyan for later generations. Says the um, says the Lasidcha Elyon here, he says, Hidrach Akadish Baruch was Avram Avinu Bavolazovas Arso. He tells him, Kdelazovas over the Avodazar Shayusham. First, the land, not the physical land, what the land believes in, Avodazara. Right, you gotta, you gotta leave that. You can't believe in me while you're still connected. Remember the Rambam writes, Avraham himself was an Oved Avodazara. That's what he was, how he was brought up. And how he, his whole family and his whole, well first his whole land. And Nimrod. Step by step. First leave the hashpa that you've gotten from your, from your lands. Your land, you're in your land, but that's not the, the most intense hashpa. So first start there. Start with something easier. And then mimolatcha. Lazovitz hashpa chazaka yoter shekipa b'molatato. Then your, your friends and the way you grew up and your neighborhood, not just your land. We're getting closer. That's a little harder to overcome. And then finally, Beisavicha. To reject your father's views. To reject your family's views. That's extremely difficult. Second so Sparkle was telling him, don't jump to that. Step by step. Step by step. Recognize what's the next step. And sometimes we don't know. Especially sometimes you have uh, our youth that want to take upon something. you got to make sure it makes sense for where they're up to. Because if somebody tries to do something too fast, too soon, it's not going to last. It's got to be, it's got to make sense that it's the next step in whatever I'm doing. And that's why you start off the farthest. Step by step. There are so many sources that relate this. To our, to our own lives, whatever we're thinking. We can never use this as an excuse. That's beyond me. That's the, I'm not up to there yet. I'm not up to like having Kavana and benching. That's, that's a, no, we have to, we have to, we have to be honest with ourselves to what we're up to. So many areas that we're all up to that. But we also have to recognize what's, what's not appropriate for us at a certain time. And sometimes we have to ask people that we respect and people that know us to know if this makes sense, to know if this behavior is something that would be good for my neshama. It would be the next step, always the next step. We just can't do three steps. Can't do more than that at once. Okay. Moving right along. Avram Avinu v'yam Hashem al-Avram. So lech lecha me'artzlecha. We always end up spending a lot of time on these first couple of psukim. Ve'azcha l'goy gadol. V'avarcha m'avarachecha. U'mekalelcha a'or. I will bless those that bless you. Curse those that curse you. So Avram goes. Avram goes. And Lot goes with him, his nephew. All right, where was Lot's father? That's Chazal, that he was killed in the Kivshan Aish. Haran was killed uh, following following um, Avram. Avram was 75. I think in past years we've noted that more than any other Av, right, the Torah feels the need to tell us what age Avram was almost at every stage when he left, how old was he when he had a bris, how old was he when he had a child, how old was he when by the Akedah, how old was he when he died, every stage, more than anybody else really. In, in, uh, again, we have others, 
how old was Moshe when he stood in front of Paro. But Avram is, is, is emphatic here. But here's the first one. Avram was 75. Says the Bas Ayin. Says the Bas Ayin in source number five. Maybe there's something deeper going on here. And in the classic Hasidic sense, we're going to have some gematria part of this, part of this thought. So Avinu goes, one of the Nisyonos, right? One of the Asara Nisyonos to leave everything and go to a foreign land. And he was 75 years old. We could say, we could suggest, says the Basayin. When Hashem tells him to do this, it's very hard, as we just explained. It wasn't easy to do this, to start a new life. To leave everybody he's been comfortable with and he's lived here and he, and he knows them. To be alone. This is what he's comfortable with, this land. He's not only told, disagree with them, but leave them. Go to another place. Unknown. Imagine somebody says, get on the plane. Where am I going? I'm not telling you. Just get on the plane. What, 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 what's the weather like where we're going? I'm not telling you. Just go. Get, get on the plane. How long is the ride going to be? Just get on the plane. Nothing. Nothing. How, how many of us ever get into a car nowadays without having the need to know how long I'm going to be in the car and when I'm going to get there? Not just how to get there. I need to know when I'm going to get there. Right, so now I'm not. I'm not. Avram's not even going to know when, where, nothing. It's the opposite of ways, right? The opposite. I'm not telling you which direction. I'm not telling you anything. Just start walking. He doesn't know where he's going to. Being besuffic, being besuffic is is very unnerving. right? The Chazal say, "Ain simcha kataras asvekas." There's no greater simcha than the undoing of doubts. Even if we don't, even if something is something that we don't want to know, but if we know what we're going to have to deal with, we don't know what a, what a, what illness it is, but if then we know and we can deal with it. So he didn't know. This is all part of the Nisayan. It was hard. How did he do it? What did he take with him? What did he take with him? It was his bitachon. It was his trust. It was his trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu that got him through it. Everything Hashem does is telling me. I, he recognized him. He was the first one to know. And it must be. Everything is the top of it. I, I believe that. And I feel that. That's what allowed him. That's what accompanied him. His tremendous trust in Hashem. He was 75 when he left. Bitachon is gematria 75. That's what he took with him. He took with him. He was 75 years old. What is that telling me on a deeper level? So many levels. Shivim Panam Torah. 
Bitachon is Gematria Ayin Hay, is Gematria 75. See, so he left at 75, he took his Bitachon with him. But it's not finished yet. Next column. Remember later on in the Parsha, he has to go to war. Right? Your nephew has been captured. Even though it was his own fault, he's been captured. And Avram girds himself. 318. 318. So either he took 318 soldiers with him, which was also very little as compared to who he was fighting, but also Chazal say maybe, maybe it was just one soldier. Maybe it was Eliezer, right? Eliezer Gematria 318, right? So maybe that's what it's referring to, just one. Eliezer, just the two of them. How did Avram do that? Against the, the, the kings? It has to be the same secret. Avram was plugged in. He was plugged in. Hashem's going to help me. Hashem's going to help me. Right, what the name of Eliezer? We know from Moshe's son. Right, the God of Hashem is, is with me. Avram equals 318. Right, which is another. Right, uh, what he took with him. And that's 318. And maybe that's what the Gemara means by Eliezer is this Cheshbon. Eliezer, which is Elokei Avi Be'ezri. Avram took his Bitachon. Okay, either way, this is a, um, a Bas Ayin, and he says, that's what has to be for us as well. That we have to be plugged in like that too. We have to recognize no matter what's going on in our lives, Again, it doesn't mean that we don't focus and, and we don't, we have, we have to daven and we have to hope. And, but the strength of bitachon, the power that Klai Yisrael can have with their bitachon. Remember the thought of the, I mentioned this in other years, the thought of the Arachayim HaKadosh. The awesome thought, and maybe that's what we need to think about right now as well. The Arachayim HaKadosh in Parshat B'Shalach, where Klai Yisrael are at the Yamsuf, and they don't know where to go. They can't go back, they can't go forward, they can, they're stuck. So what happens? They start davening. By Hashem, they start davening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And what does Hakadosh Baruch Hu say to Moshe? What are you davening? What? Go. What are you davening? What are you davening? Yes, Arachai Hakadosh. What are you davening? What else does a Jew do? What do we do at the time of Tzaras? We daven. So he quotes a, a thought that only the Arachaim could say. It says the Arachaim Hakadosh Baruch Hu was saying to Klal Yisrael. I want to do miracles for you. I want to do miracles for you, but I can't. My arms are tied, Kabiyacho, because Midas Hadin is Makatrig. And the Midas Hadin is saying, you don't deserve it. Halalu, Halalu, and they're fighting again. So there's nothing that I could do unless 
there's one thing that's even more powerful sometimes than tefillah, says the Arachayim HaKadosh. And that is emuna and recognition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge and he's going to take care of me. And then go. Dabra Bani Yisrovi Yiso, go. And the power of that emuna and bitachon, says the Arachayim HaKadosh, could pave the way for Nisim and Iflos. And that's what, that's what Avram Avinu did by coming to this land. And that's what this land, right? The three matanas, Rav Shumba Yechai, the first thing he says in Shas, beginning of Brachas, the three matanas that are nikne to Kla Yisrael, but they're all nikne in Torah, Olam Haba, and Eretz Yisrael. So we have to recognize, the first Jew was nikne b'Yisurin, right? But difficulty, but he did it through his bitachon and his emuna. So too, that is for all generations, how we have to do it as well. How we have to do it as well. Same Pasuk. Actually, one more Pasuk. So Avram goes with his bitachon, 75. He takes his wife, Sarai. There's Lot ben Achiv, his nephew. There's Kol Rechusham HaSherachashu and all their stuff. I don't know what kind of stuff they had. I don't know how many suitcases they were allowed. But uh, all their stuff. There's Rechusham HaSherachashu. There's Hanefesh HaSherachashu B'charan. And all the souls... And all the souls, of course, Chazal tell us, these are referring to the Gerim, right? The creation, right? Nefesh Asher Asu Becharan. Sheikhnisan Tachas Kanfei Ashkina, Rashi says. Those that they brought under the wings of the Shechina. Avra Megayeres Hanashim, Visarai Megayeres Hanashim. Uma Aleyem Akasuv, Ki'ilu Asaum. They were made. They were shaped. They were shaped by Avraham, Avram and Sarai at this state. Rav Salvechik points out just a little ha'ara, but it's fascinating to think about. And this gets back to the age issue. The age issue. He quotes the Rambam. We've quoted the Rambam in past years. I didn't give it to you. He quotes it. I gave it to you. And he have it there in the English. That Avram Avinu, from a little child, started wondering and thinking about the world. From the time that this mighty person was weaned, this Eitan, right? Eitan is Avram Avinu. There's also an Eitan in, in, uh, Nevi'im and Suvim, right? Uh, David Amelech put three Levi'im in charge of all the music in the Mishkan, and then in the base of Migdash. Eitan, possibly we're learning Divrei Hayam now, in the sixth parak. Eitan was one of the three. One of the three. Eitan, Haman, a few of three, uh, three. But Eitan, but Avram Avinu was nicknamed Eitan. So from the time that this mighty person was weaned, as a child, day and night he started to wonder how it's possible that the earth continuously functions without a master and who controls it, for it's impossible to control itself. He had no teacher, no one to explain it to him. But he was rather mired in the environment of Urkazdim, among the idolaters, including his parents, and Avram worshipped along with them. This is the Rambam, beginning of Hilchas But his heart was restless, and he eventually grasped the truth and understood the righteous path through correct intellectual reasoning. And he understood that there was one God. So he figured it out. The Midrashim in this week's parsha talk about it in depth. The Balabira. God did not reveal himself and provided no help to Avraham in his quest. The same world that appeared to every other human being at the time appeared to Avraham. Avraham didn't have any extra, you know, winks from above. Avraham made his discovery entirely on his own. And then, something very interesting. How old was Avraham when he recognized God? Machlokas Rishonim, some say three. The Rambam says 40. He was 40 years old. Maybe there was a process. 
from three to four. He's 40 years old. And once he understood, he started to raise questions to the population of Urkazdim, argued with them, 40 years old, and he recognizes God. When is the first time that God speaks to him? How old was he? 75. The first words that Hashem says are lech lecha. For 35 years, Hashem doesn't say a word to him. For 35 years, he has no confirmation, no communication by the one that he's the only one. You would think, right when he figures it out, Hashem's like, you got it. Hi, thank you for discovering me. Good, now let's have a covenant. Let's have history. Nothing. For for decades, he's talking about God and probably the first thing that anybody says to him is like, oh yeah? Did he ever speak to you? No. Did he ever show any communication? No. Did, Did he ever say you're right? No. So how do you know? For 35 years, Avram had to be strong in the veil of of the world. He recognized Hashem, but Hashem still did it. Did he question after that? Did he still wonder? Everybody kept nudging him, surely. And and I'm like, what, really? Come on, Avram, he must. He didn't speak to you in a dream last night? Avram's belief in God's existence solidified when he was 40. Yet God did not reveal himself to Avram until he ordered Avram to enter the land of Canaan at the age of 75. Imagine the difficulties that he faced as he attempted to defend his newly found faith. 35 years, even after once he figured it out, his peers surely scoffed at him, derisively inquiring, Abraham, tell us, you say there's a supreme being, have you ever seen him? Have you ever spoken to him? Avram searched for God without his help, proving God's existence through nature. And that's what often we have to do when we experience life and we don't see God, we know there is. And we're mamin. And we're mamin. But, but Avram Avinu had to wait. Avram Avinu had to wait. As so many of us in the past 2,000 years have to wait. And then he continues on the bottom. To know God means to have a desire to share one's knowledge with others. To bring the message to the ignorant and insensitive or to those unfortunate ones who have not had the opportunity to learn and to study. If you know something, you want to share the knowledge. If, you're, if you have a great, amazing secret, you can't keep it to yourself. So Amravinu couldn't, even though he had no verification. You would ask him, he'd say, of course there's verification. Look at the sun. Look at the moon. That, that's verification enough. I don't need direct communication to prove anything. And that's what Rav Salvation says, to appreciate also the godless of the Amuna of Avram Avinu in this regard. And he continues also towards the end. He says, that's even the Lashon. The Lashon that Rashi quotes. That Avram and Sarah, Avram and Sarah brought to everyone Tachas Kanfei HaShchina. The Shechina is described as wings. Hashem doesn't have any wings. But what's a wing? When you think of a wing of a mother bird hovering over her young, a wing represents shade, represents physical protection, represents feeling warm and cozy. Says Rav Salvechik, the only way a human being could feel warm and cozy existentially is being close to Hashem. Because without that connection to Hashem, it's, it's a lonely, n- nonsensical existence. And the world doesn't make sense when evil happens and there doesn't seem to be an order in the world. We could just lose ourselves and go crazy. 
But once we connect with Hashem and realize that He is, He is, the, here are the wings around us. The wings around, that's how we're, Hashem is described. The wings of the Shekhinah, complete security and peace, harmony and serenity can be found only in God. That is why the Shekhinah is like two large wings that cast shade. And in that shade, a person finds a cool place and protection against the heat, fatigue, desolation, and loneliness. And that's what Salvation says we have to appreciate about Abraham Avinu. Okay, let's move on from the first Sukkim. So we get to, well, the beginning and later on. So what does Avram come to? He comes to Eretz Canaan. And the Kanani were there. Vayera Hashem el Avram. Hashem appears to Avram. I guess he had to tell him where to go in the interim. Start walking. Okay, you made it. Vayomer lezaracha etenas aretzazos. This is the land. I'm going to give this land to your descendants. Lezaracha etenas aretzazos. And Hashem built a, and, and he built Avram built a mizbeach, which again proves like we discussed last week. Noah gets out of the table, he built a mizbeach. Nothing to do with a zara. Avram Avinu comes. Hashem says, "It's a way to connect to Hashem, which we don't fully understand." Karban means karov, karov, be close. So here Hashem says, "Look at the land." But this lazaracha. Look at the land, and I'm giving it to your descendants. Later on in the Parsha, if you go to Yud Gimel Yud Zayin, Yud Gimel Yud Zayin, Vashem Amar Al Avraham, Achrei Pari Lo Meimo, Sanei Necharei Min Amakom Sham. Lift up your eyes and see from the spot that you are. Tzafon of Anegma, Vakim of Ayama, North, South, East, West. The measure says, we've discussed this in past years also, how could he look north, if he's only sitting in one spot, and he's looking in front of him, how can he see north, south, east, west? Right, one, one direction is behind him. So the measure says that Avram stood and Hashem swiveled the world so that Avram Avinu could, could see all of the directions. Why did he do that? Good kasher. Chesh has a mamar about this little nisim show love, but that's on the Pasuk. But Hashem continues, look around at this land. I'm giving it all to you. You're going to have so many descendants. Get up. Take a walk. Walk around this land. Because I'm giving it to you. Avram hears this. He walks around. He builds another Mizbeach. He builds another Mizbeach. Asraf Cook, quoted here in the uh, Elad Varim from Rav Schlesinger, what, what are the two Mizbeachs? First you have the first, beginning of the parasha. Hashem appears, I'm giving you this land. He, Avram looks around, he builds a Mizbeach. Here, Hashem says, look around, I'm giving you this land. Walk around, and he builds a Mizbeach. Explains Rav Cook on line 14. Based on earlier sources, it's already in, the, it's already in Chazal. But we know there are two Kedushas to Eretz Yisrael. There are two Kedushas that we have. There's an inherent Kedusha that is there from Maisa Bracious, that exists, that is spiritual, that's in the air. And then there's the 
physical Kedusha. The Kedusha that comes with the Jewish people being there and living there and working the land and building an, an environment there. Let's read his words. Kedushas Ha'aretz the Kedushas HaMitzvos, he calls it. Line 18. B'shtei Kedushas Eskach Eretz Yisrael. B'kedusha Ha'atzmis, Meirosh B'kedem. An inherent Kedusha that has always been there. B'yosa Admas HaSkula, Nachlaz Hashem. It's God's land. It's Hashem's palace. But number two, a kedusha that leads to mitzvahs atulias ba'aretz, trumas and maestros and chala and 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 others. Kedushas are mitzvahs, zu kedushas is galia, the kedusha that flows based on our connection to the land. That's revealed kedusha. But then there's kedushas is kasya, kedusha pnimis, an inherent kedusha that's in the air, avira de eretz yisrael. Says the says Rav Cook. And the Elad Ram ex, ex, uh, expands. The Kedusha that's in the air, that's spiritual, Avram didn't have to do anything. He just looks. Maybe seeing is a spiritual type of connection. But then the second one, myself, Asim, and Labanim, walk around, do a Kenyan. Do a Kenyan Chazaka. Walk, the Gemara in Babasra, Dafkuf, learns from this Pasik the concept of making an acquisition on land by walking around and, and doing some type of physical activity on the, on the land. So Amravinu builds two Mizbeachs because he recognizes the double Kedusha and the double Kenyan, the double connection that a Jew has to this land. One, physical, when the Jews are here and we work the land and the majority of Jews are here, then we have mitzvahs that reflect that Kedusha, but then there's a Kedusha that has nothing to do with us. We want to connect to it. We want to buy into it. But that's the Kedusha of Nir'eh. And that's what he says towards the bottom. The first Re'iyah, he saw the Kedusha Sa'aretz, the Kedusha Pnimis, L'chein Banam is Be'ach L'Hashem HaNir'eh Elav. It's the visual. Ula Macharkach, Kum Hishalich Ba'aretz, the Kibush. And that type of Kedusha is totally on Kla Yisrael. Totally on the, on the, uh, on the physical. So there's the double Kedusha. The Kedusha of seeing and the Kedusha of physical connection. And again, both of those, both of those are reflected in Avram Avinu and both of those, obviously, throughout the ages, the double Kedushas. There is an interesting Bach. Again, I'm not sure which Kedusha this reflects. The Bach wonders on the tour, the Bach is the, right, the, one of the classic commentaries on the tour, we say in Al Hamichya, in the Bracha Me'in Shalosh, V'nocha mipirya v'nispa mituva. We dive in to eat of the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. But no So the Torah takes that out. It's like, what are you davening for? Right? The Gemara says in, 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 uh, in Sota, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted, uh, wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael to enjoy the fruits. Right? The delicious restaurants. Right? So the Bach says no. Because the fruit and the tool of Eretz Yisrael has Kedusha in the juice. They're special. They're, the, 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 it's, it's in there. So maybe that Bach is a reflection of the Combination and the mixing of those kedushos. You have the spiritual aspects of the kedusha in the fruit, in the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. So that's a double, a double switch. Okay, let's try to squeeze in two more ideas. Um, first one. 
First one, again, this thought is, um, I gave it to you from the Eish Talmud. It's, it's based on Rav Chaim Shvalevitz, but he has a couple of other examples. That's why I gave it to you uh, here. Remember later on in the, pas, in the parsha, the palid Og Melech Habashan comes and tells Avram, your nephew has been taken. Your nephew has been taken. Rashi quotes, Og did one little mitzvah. One little mitzvah. He told Avram, your nephew is in trouble. And Chazal tells us because of that little mitzvah, he got years and generations. He lived all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu killed him. Og lived hundreds of years. And Moshe was even scared before he fought Og. Maybe that mitzvah is going to do me in. Line 5. We even know his kavanas. He wanted Avram to die, go into battle, and I'll marry Sarah. So he didn't even do it L'Shem Shamayim. So why was he so so much? Explains the Eish Talmud. And again, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz has uh, many examples of this. Kavana plays a major role. If you do it, the mitzvah, and applies to Averis too, it's about the result. Obviously, the Ramam talks about the eight levels, the levels of giving staka, giving staka with a smile, giving staka. But, the mitzvah, let's say I did a mitzvah and I did it perfectly, but inside, you know, there's something else going on. You did the mitzvah. You did the mitzvah. Oh, did it. Oh, save somebody. It doesn't matter if his kamadis. It's not the ultimate, perfect, best mitzvah. But he did help out. He did help out. And that's what he says in line 21. Mitzvah Right, let's say somebody, uh, I know, drops money, have a hole in their pocket, and he finds it. Shechacha. You get the credit. You get the credit. Right, also, Penina, what about, by Averis, right, we know the Chazal. Penina, the co-wife with Chana. What did Penina do? She had a bunch of sons. She tortured Chana and made fun of her until she davened harder and she was okay to a son. And Penina, the Chazal says she was doing that to make her daven harder. Because if she really felt that there was no one else to, to look, turn towards, and yet Chazal say Penina was punished for that. Because when it comes to Ben Adam HaChavero, it doesn't matter what your kavanas are. You could have great kavanas for the Avero, you could have terrible kavanas for the mitzvah, but you're going to get some credit. Because when it comes to Ben Adam HaChavero, we have to make sure, obviously, kavanas make it a qualitatively different mitzvah or Avero. But we have to recognize the importance and the focus that we have to have. And we have to try to do what we can in order to get it done. By Mitzvah's Bein Adam Lachavera. Okay, and there are other, a lot of examples of this, but I just wanted to squeeze in the final thought, because it's quoted in the name of Rav Meir Shapiro, whose yard site was this past week. His 90th yard site, 100 years since Dafyomi started. Um, this is a Likut that I found, Yarav Nasichi, but he quotes here from Rav Meir Shapiro. We have in the parsha later on Parak Tezvath. Right, we have the Brisbane Abbasar. 
The Brisbane Abbasarim, Hashem says to Avram, don't be scared. I have no children. I have no children. Hashem says, Pasakei. Count the stars. Start, try to count the stars. That's going to be your descendants. Count the stars. Was Hashem just telling him something like as a mushal, like it's impossible? Hashem wouldn't, wouldn't use non-exact you know, commands or instructions. Hashem would have said, you see the stars? Just like you can't count them, so too you can't count your children. Hashem doesn't say that. Hashem says, count the stars. Right? That's what he starts, he says. What's the Lashon again? He says, Svarak Count them. But it's impossible. Says Rav Meir Shapiro. Top of the next page. You know it's impossible. But you know what Hashem says? Start. You know what's impossible? I say start. That's all that you have to do. And Avram did not do it. Avram started counting. And once he's there, Hashem then gives him instructions. Avram didn't say, I don't know what to do. Okay, then you can stop. Not just, oh, your children are going to be this amount. Your children are going to have this koach in them too. When they see an impossible situation, they're going to go. And they're going to do it anyway. Avram, in kochavim, your children will also have that midah of not taking no for an answer in their impossible situations. And that's what Yaakov Avinu, remember with the rock on the well, all the shepherds are lying there. It's impossible. Where there's a rut zone, where there's um, a, um, a drive, as we know, in Parshas Vayetzei, right, the koach zone overcomes and many examples. Yaakov Avinu didn't sleep for 14 years. He didn't sleep at all. The first time he slept, as Chazal tell us, so many examples. So many examples. The Ramban, and, and uh, he quotes from the, uh, the Nisim. And then he quotes from Rabbi Yeruchim. We're not going to read it all. But he quotes so often in life. So many greats accomplished what they accomplished when it looked impossible. When it looked difficult. When it looked like there was no way. But that's the bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Ko echa. And if that applies individually, that definitely applies communally and nationally. When things look bleak, when things look impossible, Kla Yisrael right, doesn't take no for an answer. Right? As, as has been said by many great leaders over the past 75 years, there is no other land. There is no other place to go. And therefore, that's, that's the attitude of ko yezarecha. Can you count the stars? No, I'm going to do it anyway. Ko yezarecha will have that attitude. He wrote so that that attitude makes things from the impossible to the possible. And Hashem shows us Yeshua's v'nechamos. And wonderful, nisim and flows. Be'ezus Hashem, v'mheira v'yameinu.